hope today that if all else fails before we get into the message here today, that you can be inspired and know that no matter how you walked into this room, that he loves you so much and allow the testimonies and the story of these other people uh, just, to, just to minister to you and to speak to you today. And man, I can tell you today, I am beyond excited to have water baptism happening today, specifically around the message that, we're sh- that I'm sharing today, because we're in this series called Ever Wonder Why. And I don't know if you've ever sat down for a little bit of time and you've ever had that, that thought, that ponder, where you pondered in your ponderer, you know, you wondered in your wonder, where you said, God, why is some of these things in my life, why do they happen like they happen? And, and so today... You know, I I know that there's probably every single person in this room that has had at some point in time, you've had something in your life that you desperately wanted to give up. Some habit maybe you wanted to try to break, you know. Uh, Some habits we know uh, have more consequences than others, but we know that inside of us that we have something kind of where where we've prayed probably, we felt like we're standing on a promise of God. Uh, Maybe you stop for a little bit and then we fall back into the habit. How many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hands for this, but how many of you have ever had that moment where you're like, man, I don't want to lose my temper like I have. I I need to chill and mellow out some, you know. Uh, Some of us are probably sitting there going, man, I I really want to just, I want to learn, Lord, help me to stop cussing. Help me to have words of life come out of my mouth instead of words of death, you know what I mean? And and this this feeling, you know, where, uh, how about this? How about, you ever had this feeling inside your life where you're sitting there and as you scroll through every sort of social media, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, and you're like, man, I want to give this up so bad because it has such a hold on my time. And maybe you put down your phone for a little bit, but then the next thing you know, you have it again because why not? What else is there to do besides look at your family and stare into their faces, right? You're like, what, what's going on here? How about this? How about for those of us who have tried desperately to have a healthy diet or, or, or lose some weight, and the next thing you know, you're standing in the kitchen at the refrigerator with the door open. You've ate half of everything in there, and you're sitting there, no, and then you start cussing again at yourself because you ate half the refrigerator, Right? We have these moments, we have these moments inside of us, right, where we want to change. We ask God to help us. We've tried to stop, and it didn't stop. And so today, that's actually what we're going to spend a few minutes talking about, and I hope to breathe some life into this situation for you. And if it's not for you, here's what I promise. If you can hold on to this information, you will be able to speak life into someone else when they're trying to do the same thing, when they're kind of reliving the same thing over and over and over. And can I suggest to you, something today uh, when it comes to this that so often we can have the right intentions right losing weight great stop smoking great whatever it is great that's good we have the right intentions but so often the problem is is we have the wrong strategy so often we actually we we are trying to change but we're actually trying to change in the wrong way and so uh, can I first off confess to you today that um, today's message is going to be incomplete and you're probably saying, well, why is it going to be incomplete? Well, because there is no way in the, the handful of minutes that I have this morning for us to really cover this topic in the, in the depth that it necessarily needs to. So I apologize for that. But, but the reasons, I think, that we're going to talk about today uh, is that we haven't changed is because you have so many, I don't know if you realize this, you have so many factors working against you. You ever thought about that? You ever realize how many things are actually working kind of against you? You know, th- there's, there's the practical things, right? Now, and, and so in the practical things, you know, it, it, some of the practical reasons we can't change, why do we eat the wrong food? You know why? 
Because you have access to the wrong food. Because instead of doing the grocery pickup where you can order only the things that you know that are on your list that you need, you go into the store and then you see the tasty cake aisle and then you see those peanut butter tasty cakes and they just call your name. And so somehow, even though you're not trying to, they somehow, they're in your cart and they're at home. And then the next thing you know at 11 o'clock at night, what are you eating? Peanut butter tasty cakes. Sitting there going, this is conviction. Why? Some of us, how about this? We are tired and we, we, we're trying to get an earlier start, and we're trying to have more energy in the day, and, and we wonder why we're so exhausted, and we don't realize it's because we stayed up way too late uh, streaming whatever the hot, the hot thing on Netflix is. And, and we wonder why, when we only got five and a half hours of sleep, why in the world are we so tired? So some of it's practical. Some of it, though, it is emotional. Because sometimes we have these unresolved issues, the baggage that's in our lives that actually keeps coming with us, and it causes us to kind of keep doing the same old, same old, where we won't put any of those things down. And there's also the relational aspect. This is uh, one I think that we all struggle with because the relational aspect is one that's really hard for us to give up. Because here's what I know. I think it's Andy Stanley who says, if you show me your friends, I'll show you where you're headed. Because the fact is, is the people that you're close to, the ones that you do life with, that's, you're headed in that direction. And so, so we realize that if we're around unhealthy people, guess what's going to happen to us? We are most likely going to be unhealthy. There's the physical aspects that happen from time to time where some of us, uh, we're just because of things that are outside our control genetically or just genetically kind of predispos uh, predisposed to certain things. You know, there's certain families that, guess what, genetically you have a higher uh, disposition to be uh, uh, addicted to alcohol. Uh, there's some people that are, uh, you know, just genetically you struggle with your weight because genetically you're just, you, you, you tend to have that there. And it's one of those ones where maybe it's even a chemical imbalance or something in our lives that we have to work through. But then the last one is this one, is the spiritual aspect. And see, the spiritual aspect is actually really the heart of the issue. Because when we talk about the spiritual aspect of why we try to give stuff up and we, and we can't, it really, for me, it's the fact that we're trying to use something else to fill the God-shaped hole that's in our lives. See, because for the fact of the matter is, is, is inside of each and every one of us, we know because you're trying to fill it with anything you can, whether it's food, whether it's shopping, whether it's a chemical substance, whether it's whatever it is, right, experiences right? Whether it's your family and you're just trying to, to, to cause them to fill in this chasm that's in our lives. U ultimately, today, I, 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 we're going to focus on this, the spiritual aspect of the element of change. And for why so many of us can't change is we have taken a, a wrong approach, a wrong look to this. And so really, uh, today, one of the things that I think that happens to us is that we focus uh, on, I, I heard it put this way, is that we focus on the poison of religion and we forget the power of grace. Now, I know some of you are really confused by that statement because I almost, I almost thought about changing it because, of course, I'm like, poison such a strong word. But it really is because here's the fact of the matter is it, the word religion causes all of us to have all sorts of different thoughts. See, some of you have the thought that today you're being religious because you came to church. Now, it certainly can be that if we want it to, but that's not what it's called to be. Because the fact of the matter is when we take a look and see, we, we talk about what is the poison of religion, 
And, and you might even look at me and you might say, well, well, aren't you religious? And I would say, absolutely not. I really try hard not to be. I sometimes get stuck in the mindset, but I really try not to be. Uh, because if, you know, today you're in here and you would say that you would declare yourself that you're not a church person and you don't re like religion. And I would say, good, because Jesus didn't either. In fact, Jesus spent a lot of his time rebuking the religious people of his day. And, and, and so what we see is this, is we see w when we talk about religion, what are we talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is that really this religion is, is an attempt. And see, it's our attempt to actually earn God's approval by doing something, by following a set of standards and rules. See, some of us have been born and raised, right? where we think that in order to be a good Christian, you have to go to church. Can I tell you that, that that's religion? Because the fact of the matter is, is going to church doesn't make you a Christian. In fact, unfortunately, today all across this nation, there are going to be lots of religious people sitting in church, churches all across this country that don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the fact of the matter is, for, for us, is, 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 is we have to realize it's not about the rules of this. It's that we actually have to start looking at this in, in a slightly different way. Because Jesus constantly, again, if you read the Gospels, he constantly rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the other can't you sees that, you, that there are there. And, he, and he's sitting there. I know it's a bad pastor joke. I had to do it. Uh, it's anytime you have Pharisees, you've got to follow it up with that, okay? Uh, but but we, we recognize, right? We recognize that he constantly was rebuking these people because ultimately what were they trying to do? They were trying to please God, but without God. See, they thought that they could put enough rules and structure in their life that that was going to get them to where they were trying to be. The problem is, is it doesn't work that way. That's not how it happens for you or for me, because really what's happening is they're trying to change through religion, and they're forgetting that they have grace. Now, some of you don't like it when I say grace, because you don't like the fact that God has grace, which we should be excited for it, because we need all the grace we can get, all right? So I need you to hear what I'm saying, and I need you to hear the Word of God this morning for what it's trying to say, because what I think we're going to get into today, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in a small book in the New Testament. We're going to be in the book of Titus today. Uh, it's not a book that we use very often. It's only got a couple chapters to it. But in Titus, we see Paul is actually writing this book to Titus. We're actually going to be taking a look whether your Bible, if you have your YouVersion Bible app, or even on your YouVersion Bible app, we're on the events tab there. You can kind of follow along with us there with the scriptures loaded for the day. But here's what it says. Here's what Paul writes in Titus chapter 2, beginning of verse 11. This is the beginning of the verse. He says, for the grace of God, somebody say grace of God. It says that the grace of God has appeared, that it offers salvation to all people. Now, this is something we all get to celebrate. We all get to rejoice that God has such incredible grace for you and for me that he offers salvation to everybody. See, here's what we have to realize is that we are not saved by grace, or we are saved by grace, but not by works. See, grace is the thing that actually makes salvation possible. Now, I know the question really ultimately comes down to then, what is grace? What is it? Well, grace in this is a New Testament word. So this is in the Greek. The Greek word is charis for this. And basically, it means the unmerited, the goodwill, and the favor of God. Now, look, favor of God is good. 
But the, the, the important one for me here is the, in the beginning. It says it's the unmerited. Now, I don't know how good a student you were in school. I was, a, I was like a, a B's and C's kind of guy, okay? Represent the BC's in the room, right? Okay, all right? Now, some of you were the nerds. You got straight A's. Good for you, right? But I don't know about you, but I had to suck up to my teachers. And do you want to know why I needed to suck up to my teachers? Because I needed to accumulate all the unmerited favor that I could possibly possess in order to see how this was going to finish, right? I needed, to, I needed them to be like, oh, Curtis, he's not that bright, but boy, he sure does try. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, that's what I, I needed. I needed as much of that as humanly possible. And so we have to realize this, that God's favor and his power and his strength, guess what? For you and for me, it's always a gift. It's always a gift. And, and, and the problem is, is we can't earn it. Can I tell you, there's not enough church services that you can go to in your lifetime that will allow you to earn his favor and his grace. Can, you can spend as much time in worship and prayer. You can literally uh, become a monk or a nun, go live in a monastery somewhere in the hills uh, uh, or, or the mountains in some other nation. And guess what? You'll never get there. You'll never get there. Because it is unmerited favor. It's unmerited grace. But see, the problem is, is many Christians, here's how, here's how we think about it. We think we pray a prayer. We accept Jesus as our Savior. And we say, okay, whew, saved by grace. Thank you, Jesus. And we think that we get our card punched. And after we think our card punched, we're like, okay, now let me get my list of do's and don'ts out so I make sure I don't blow it up. Let me get my list out so I make sure I do. If I try hard, if I check all the right boxes, if I follow the rules, if I try to be good, then maybe. If I just try not to be mad, if I try not to say those things to my wife or my children, then, then maybe, just maybe I'll get there. The problem is, is there. It's we're trying. Can I tell you right now, you can try Every single step of the way, but as long as you're just the one trying by yourself, guess what? We are going to come up drastically short. And you say, well, how did you get there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Follow with me here. Titus chapter 2 says, for the grace of God has appeared and offers salvation to who? To all people. Verse 12, listen to what Paul says. It teaches us to say what? Say that word. Yeah. No. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So wait a second. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It teaches us to deny the passions to be self-controlled, upright, to godly lives. What is it again? What is it? Tell me. Grace. What causes us to live in the life that God's called us to? Is it by us just doing all that we can do and we're just like the little engine that could and we're just chugging right along? No. It says, guess what? Paul says, it is grace that's going to actually get you there. And the reason Paul says it has to be grace to get you there is because guess what Paul knows? Paul knows we're going to screw up. That's one of the things I love. Paul, in all his infinite wisdom, he says, oh no, you guys, don't get me wrong. You're going to blow it up like 17 times. Like, don't worry. You're going to mess up. But the incredible thing is, is that God has extended us this grace 
so that we realize it's not about the rules or the laws or religion. It's not about an angry God sitting in heaven with a hammer just waiting for you to mess up. It's not any of those things. But he says, no, no, no. It's the grace. It's God's grace. It's his gift. It's it's not in your strength that you can do any of this. Guess what it's in? It's in his strength because his strength, his spirit is where the grace comes. That's where it all happens at. It's in the midst of that grace that saves you. It's his grace that actually sustains you and it sustains me. So listen, if we focus on religion, guess what? This walk that we have, this daily thing that we're living, it's going to get really old really quick. It's going to feel like just another thing. It's the same thing as if you're married. It's the same thing if you've got kids. That guess what? If you just like wake up and just kind of keep thinking you're going to do the same thing every day, that guess what? All of a sudden you're going to look around and be like, do I even know these people? Do I even know what's going on in my life? No, no, no. It's God's grace that sustains us through this. The focus really of this religion that we're talking about is on this outward. It's the shell. And what I love here is that this is what Jesus says to the Pharisees. Jesus actually, in Matthew chapter 23, uh, I would have loved to have been there for this because I would love to have experienced what it is to have Jesus kind of like go off the lid a little bit here. Uh, you know, because uh, uh, a lot of times, I, this is not in the message, okay? This is, but this is Jesus. We think Jesus is just this calm. He has these lovely hair, just this wonderfully trimmed beard. He's got a beautiful smile, and he's just walking around. He smells like roses and daisies everywhere he goes. And, and, and we just think that as Jesus, as he goes around, he's just like, oh, please bring everyone to me. And we think that he's just this like, oh, yes, let us go. Let be be healed in my name. Like we think Jesus is that. And one of the things I love about this verse here is Jesus like flips off the lid a little bit. Jesus, Jesus kind of lets them have it because uh, it, it, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, he says, woe to you. In other words, he, it, this is like Jesus got his finger out, like shaming them. Teachers and law and Pharisees, he says, you hypocrites. By the way, if you don't know what hypocrites means, hypocrites basically means Acting. It means play, play acting. That's it. We talk about hypocrites having a mask. That's what he's, he, he says. You look clean on the outside. He says, uh, it, it, you look clean the outside of the cup and dish. He says, but guess what? I don't know if any y'all have ever had cups and dishes that look clean on the outside, but on the inside ain't. I don't know if you've ever wanted to eat on them. That's what he's comparing us to. Outside of the cup as dish is clean, but inside, inside it's full of greed and self-indulgence. And then he says, blind. You're blind, Pharisees. He says, First, what do you have to do? You have to clean the inside first because the inside is really what counts. And then the outside is actually going to come. So we realize that the focus of religion is on outside, but the focus and the power of grace is what happens inside of you and of me. I love also Paul in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, I pray that from his God's glorious unlimited resources that he is going to empower you with inner strength through his spirit now can i tell you something that happened to me so when i was growing up and when i was young uh i uh i had uh the fastest metabolism of anybody i knew i could eat anything i wanted to it, I know you've probably been to Wendy's and seen, like, they had the triple at Wendy's, and you're probably looking at that and going, whew, who in the world has ever ate a triple? Oh, I, that was me. 
Like, I would pound those things out. But then all of a sudden, one day, uh, in my mid-30s, I go to the doctor uh, for a checkup, which my wife is insistent now that I do because apparently she wants to keep me around for a little bit or something like that. But I I went to the doctor for a checkup, and they, they (laughs) they ran some blood tests on me, and they checked, and they were just like, so, <laughs> there seems to be a bit of a situation here. And, of course, you're like, really? Situation? This isn't good. Uh, she's like, well, you have high blood pressure. and Like, your blood pressure is off the charts. You have really high cholesterol as well. So, today, you're walking out of this room with either one or two medicines. Now, for a guy who's never taken medicines, in a daily medication in my life, all of a sudden, I was just like, this is it. Going to go meet Jesus. Apparently, this is the end. Mid-30s, you start falling all apart, right? But see, for me, what happened is is this actually was kind of this wake-up call. And the problem, I don't know if you've ever had this when you get a wake-up call, is you just try to change the behavior. And how many of you know, I, I look, I was so good for about six months. I did, did right. I ate good and all that kind of good stuff. By the way, y'all need to pray for me because guess what? I gave up. I, I've given up sweet tea almost exclusively. I, it, it's, it's a struggle, right? When you grow up in Sussex County, he's giving us sweet tea. That's like, that's, that's hard. But here's what I knew is that, guess what? If it doesn't, if you don't change the heart, that it's so easy to just go back and keep doing the same things over and over. Here's what we know. We know religion says, just try harder. All you have to do is just, just try harder. Just, you, just be better. But what I love is grace, the unmerited favor, the grace of God says, no, 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 I need you to trust more. I need you to look at me and I, I need you to trust me that in what you're walking through, that guess what, I am here. And, and, and really what, what it is, is it's not in my power that I'm trying to do this. I have to rely on God's power. Second Corinthians Chapter 12, we know this is one we, we read a lot, but it says, but he, God said to me, that his what? What's the word? Grace. That his grace is sufficient for you. That my power is made perfect in weakness. Because he says in verse 10 that when I am weak, then guess what? I'm actually strong. In my weakness, instead of trying harder I need to trust more but can I tell you this is something that we are really bad at can I tell you today that all the things that you've ever wanted to try to give up you know one of the reasons especially on the spiritual aspect side you know why so often we fail is because we try to do it all by ourselves we try to do it all by our limbs. And we think that if I just, you know, sit at home and if I, you know, do my stuff and I get my Bible and I try to pray and I try, and I, I just the pray that these urges and these feelings, that are, they're just going to go away. I just, I, I just try. Can I tell you today, church, that the first step that we have to do is admit that we have a problem? We have to admit the problem first off to ourselves, but guess what we have to do? We have to share it. In fact, there's another scripture that tells us that we are to confess. And when it says that we are to confess, it doesn't say confess to God. You know what it says? That we confess to one another. Because it says that when we confess to one another, guess what happens? Healing. Healing comes. 
But healing only does it when we do it together. Because the problem is, is, is that is we cannot correct stuff that we don't want to confront. And if we won't admit that we need help, then how does anybody ever know that we're trying to go through it? Guess what we're doing? We're play acting. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees? He said, you're a hypocrite. You know why? Because we look good on one way, but on the other side and the inside, we're really not good. See, the problem is, is we think that asking for help is this sign of weakness. But can I tell you today that asking for help is never, ever a sign of weakness. But you know what it is? It is a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of maturity. I would, I, you know what I'm so proud of? I'm so proud that Misha was up here today and that she talked about how she needed to go to counseling. We think there's this weird sort of stigma in like being counseling. Oh, we need counseling. No, most of us, need, we need counseling. You know why? We need to talk with somebody. We need to be able to have somebody at least that we can be upfront and honest with to look at ourselves, to stop stress eating and scrolling endlessly and looking at porn, which we sit here and think that we're going to be able to give up all by ourselves if we just try real hard. The problem is, is we're looking at it from the wrong angle. Grace, one of the things I love about God's unmerited, un, uh, undeserving grace that you and I have is it spans more than just the spiritual aspects of our lives. It spans the practical, the emotional, the relational, and the physical. It gives us this deeper sense that even when we've lost control, when we feel alone or depressed, left out, that guess what? That God is still here and he says, if you will only spend time trusting me, trusting me. Today, listen, we're going to wrap up, and we're going to do something, I don't know if I've ever done this, maybe I have, if it has, it's been a real long time. We're going to have a different kind of ending today, and the different kind of ending we're going to do is just super simple, this is a no judgment condemnation zone, okay, this, we're totally free, listen, I, I promise you, nobody in this room thinks you're perfect, okay, we don't. But here's what I do want to ask you. I want to ask if there's anybody in this place, and I think there's more than one or two, that you say, Pastor Curtis, today I need to receive about a thousand percent more of God's unmerited grace. I just want to say this. If you will do me a favor, would you just stand with me if that's the case? If you don't need any grace, you can stay seated. But if you're saying, Pastor Curtis, I, I need all the possible grace that God will extend to me. It, it's not just the forgiveness of my sins, but it's actually what frees me from my sin. That this baggage and stuff that I've been carrying all this time, that I can give it up. That, yeah, I need some of that. I want to ask if you would. I know that this is going to seem strange to some, but I promise you if we all do it, we're all just going to be strange together. Just to close your eyes. Bow your heads. I'm going to be still for, for just a moment because I believe that in the stillness of this moment, the Spirit of God, His Holy Spirit is in this place and He wants to speak with you and to encourage you.
our precious and heavenly Father. Lord, we stand before you today with our heads bowed. Lord, fully admitting today that we do not deserve your grace and favor. But today, Father God, we are so excited that we see through your word, Lord God, that you loved us so much to extend us the grace that we don't deserve. Lord God, we know that this grace goes far beyond just salvation. It's, it's more than just us saying yes to Jesus for the first time. But Lord, we recognize this morning that your unmerited favor and grace, Father God, that it goes so far as to actually free us from the sin that holds us. Lord God, I, I realize that in this room today, there are so many people that are dealing with real serious things in their lives that keep holding them back. Lord, we recognize that there's physical things that, are, that we're struggling with, that we're working through, that there's emotional things, there's relational, that there's the practical nature of our lives, Father God, that we're, there's, there's stuff we're trying to shed. And it, Lord, it is so, it's so hard. Today, Lord God, we declare, though, that we recognize this morning we don't have to do it by ourselves. In fact, we cannot do it by ourselves. There's not enough try in us to try our way out. But it is through your grace, our trust and faith and belief in you, Father God, that you will allow us to walk this out. And graciously, Lord, that you, even when we mistake, we make mistakes, when we fail, when, we, when we're doing that thing that constantly over and over again, Lord, you look at us and you say, come on back. I love you. Come back into the house. Let's confess. Let's find people to rally around you. Let's be the family of God together. And so today, Lord God, I pray that the people that are in this room, I pray that the people that are watching online or listening online are bold enough to realize that we are all in this together. That we need each other desperately. That the church isn't just something, Father God, that we do every seven days. But Lord God, you've called us to do life together. Father, we thank you. We praise you. And Lord, today... We surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing this chorus with us as we close out for the day?